Every day will I bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. There is no end to his greatness. In the name of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. This parable in any way sounds unfair in your ears today. When told by Jesus over 2,000 years ago, I would venture to say it had the same effect. Upon first hearing, if this gospel passage counters the Protestant work ethic, that sensibility that has been taught or was deeply ingrained within you, I will say this parable has done its job. If this teaching of Jesus grates on you just a little bit because you, like me, like when things are fair and right, and upon hearing this teaching, you're feeling a bit annoyed, this parable has done its job. If reading this parable leaves you scratching your head, wondering why hardworking folks who've worked their tails off all day in the blazing hot sun get jilted by the landowner at the end, and you sympathize with those who have been jilted, again, this parable has done its job. In many ways, this parable is nothing short of scandalous. And in all ways, this parable challenges us to what the kingdom of heaven is like. And another friendly reminder for those of us who think we have a handle on this Jesus thing in person, this parable just might show us otherwise. So this is when it's helpful for me, at least, when faced with challenging text, those texts that kind of go against the grain of what I would normally believe, I go back to context. Context is so helpful. Remember, when Jesus teaches and uses a parable to do his teaching, The words which always come before this teaching are these. The kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of heaven is like. So that should be a clue in the hearer's mind. And it should orient our ears that a teaching is coming, coming which might be just a tad bit uncomfortable. It might seem absurd or cause disruption to the normal way of life. Remember when the words, the kingdom of God is like, are used. Scandal is right around the corner, and today's parable illustrates this beautifully. So this particular parable is only found in the Gospel of Matthew. 
and it's sandwiched between two references about the first and the last. So we know that concept is gonna be important because it's in between two teachings about that. This story undeniably shows that the first will indeed be last, the last will be first, and most importantly, God sees us all as equal. So, here's the setting for today's scripture. We are in a place where day laborers gather because they want to work and they want to get paid. So here comes a man who owns a vineyard. He's looking around, looking at everybody who showed up for that day. And he decides who he wants to hire. Those thought to be the best workers were always hired first. At the beginning of the day, and the owner says to them, I will give you a daily wage at the end of the day. So the workers agree to this, and off they go into the vineyard to start their day to work. At least today they will know they will have money at the end of the day to feed their families. What's curious is that the vineyard owner then goes back to the workers in waiting. Four more times he goes back. Every three hours or so, he winds back up at the same place. And each time he goes, the text stresses the basic sameness of those who are waiting, and it is this. They are standing idle, and they are waiting to be picked. Okay? And at the last round of pickups, the narrative reveals why some are left standing. And it is this reason. No one, it seems, thought them worthy enough, capable enough, good enough to be put to work. Therefore, they are not chosen to work. Imagine who might be left at this point, perhaps the elderly, the infirm, the inexperienced, those who have an injury or a disability, Whatever the case is, they have not been picked. I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> Sorry. That was strange. Can you just turn that off? So regardless, Whoever is left standing, they have not been chosen for a reason. They could not have possibly survived working a full day in the field. And in any case, all gathered there have the same needs. They want to feed their family. They want to earn a living. 
So it's the close of the day. We still have those who have yet to be picked. But today their luck will be different. Because the vineyard owner circles back and at the last hour of the day selects those who have been overlooked all day long. He selects the last ones nobody else wants. The ones who have waited all day long. The ones who were never picked. The ones who nobody wanted. He says, you come and work for me. How about that? Remember, each of these workers, no matter at what point of the day they started, have the expectation of being paid according to how much they worked. Perhaps it was done on a sliding scale based on a full day's work. So when pay time came, they all line up. And can you imagine the shock, the absolute shock of the workers who have been out in the field all day as they watched those who had only been there for one hour receive the same pay? that they did. Wait a minute, there must be some mistake, they must have thought. Something isn't right here. But then their hearts gladden because this must mean they'll get a bonus. They have to, right? They've been working all day. But their bonus does not come. And much to their chagrin, they did not get more. They got what they told they would get. In fact, no matter what time a worker began work, the pay was exactly the same. Of course, this was upsetting for those who had worked all day long. Who wouldn't be upset with that? They grumbled and they complained, this isn't fair. But the vineyard owner quickly responds and says, am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you so envious that I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. My choice. And what I have to say is this. So excessive is God's propensity to give and care. It often violates our instincts about fairness. Thus, the scandal of this parable.
Well, in truth, I have to admit, it has been a rather challenging week for me as priest of grace, and this passage hit home in a big way. Carrying with me and knowing that there are members of this great parish who have been in pain physically, who are hurting in body, mind, and spirit in a deep way. Hearing the stories of those who make their way onto the grounds of grace, the hungry, those in the violent throes of addiction and homelessness, they are literally the last, the least, and the forgotten. This is who Grace finds their way every week, and it is Grace who cares for them. This week I had the privilege of meeting a young man, Josh, and he openly said these words to me, I have no worth. Okay, Josh, what does that mean for you? Well, I am eight days sober, terribly irritable because I'm in withdrawal. I made my way with my wife to the day laborers pick up station in Alvin every day this week, and not one person wanted to offer me work. I am defeated. And so I want more drugs to numb the pain of my current situation. I know you're a priest, but I'm telling you how I feel. I am homeless. I haven't had a shower in three weeks, and I am covered in scabies. I itch constantly. My life is miserable. Just to name a few things. Oh, and I'm 34 years old. Being with Josh and his wife, Kylie, was hard for me. <laughs> most of the time, you can ask most of the office staff, I was holding back tears, and again and again, I was called to attention of what Jesus would do. How do I help this situation? And when I read Jesus encounter these kinds of situations, what does he always do? He shows compassion. He looks people in the eye and says, how can I help you? He has compassion on the least. He has compassion on the last on those who are absolutely picked over and not chosen. And for me, this is the point of this parable. 
of this terribly head-scratching parable that does not make sense with those of us who have a strong Protestant work ethic. This is not how it's supposed to go down. But remember, this is the kingdom of God. And this parable points to a different way that Dad Gummit is just sometimes exhausting and hard. Loving those that nobody else wants to love. Loving those that nobody else wants to see, let alone touch or smell. That is the point. And that is the kingdom that we have subscribed to as disciples of Jesus. I'm sorry, if you call yourself a disciple of Jesus, this is part of what it means to be a disciple, to love those that nobody else will. We are to do this. So again, I will say this parable is not about unfair payments. Instead, it is a story of how God sees all those he has created as equal. And so should we. So should we. by dealing with a group of people who have been overlooked and passed over, by paying them the same the landowner is saying, you have worth. This parable, ugh, it unearths our human tendency to turn everything into a measure of effort and earning, but it is not that. Grace cannot be earned. And the result of God's justice is that every one part of the kingdom stands as equals before God. Not because of how long we've been a part of the kingdom or our standing in the kingdom, whether we are first or last, simply because we are all created good in the eyes of God. We are good. Therefore, we are all worthy of being seen. So I'll ask the question, what does this look like for you or for me? Well, I will say this, when engaging our neighbors who challenge, or anybody for that matter who challenges you, who needs so much, the need is endless. We can't just look past them or simply shoo them away. That's never the answer. We have to be like the vineyard owner who sees their worth, who sees their value and their dignity. Believing as hard as it may to in the kingdom of heaven and that the scandal of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ truly is those who are last will indeed be first. Amen. May the
keep you forever, granting peace, perfect peace, courage in every Blessing of God Almighty, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you this day and always. Amen. <laughs>